Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of the Brown Bag. I'm your host, Michael T. Brown. Hey, follow us on Twitter, at MTBrown98, or at our Facebook or LinkedIn page under the name Michael T. Brown. Question for you today. Are you walking in your purpose? Are your gifts, talents, God-given abilities, and the time and opportunities that have been given to you, are they being maximized? I think it's fair to say that Vision and mission that has not been set often goes unmet. Well, today, we want to discuss this and much more with our very special guest. Hey, Mike, I don't know about you. Tell me what you think. I think we've got just the person today to discuss the questions that I just raised. Are you ready? I'm ready. You know, Akia is just an amazing Amazing um, thought provoker. I like to call it that <laughs> because, yeah. um, you know, she's actually helped me with uh, social digital media as well. And, um, you know, it's good to, you know, just to hear her talk about um, her expertise and um, her whole process. So uh, I'm excited about this show. I am, too. Why don't you go ahead and introduce her for us? Akia Garnett's goal is to take people from zero to 30,000 feet in thought and action. She helps visionaries and high achievers cast a company life vision and mission so that they can make immediate and long-lasting impacts on the world. An entrepreneur expert in marketing, communication, and business operations, Akia brings over 15 years of demonstrated practical experience in design and implementing proven approaches to solving the complex challenges facing public and private organizations. 
Akia's expertise is relevant to commercial, nonprofit, and government sectors. She is the creator of the Brand Builder Continuous Improvement Process Model Communication Tool. Akia is a speaker, author, educator, and business owner that believes excellence is a spirit, not a destination. Miss Brand Builder Akia Garnett, welcome to the Brown Bag. Thank you very much for having me and for that wonderful introduction. Oh, well, we're certainly glad to have you. And we've got so much to talk about today. We want to talk about your show, your radio show that you're going to launch, and, and a lot of the other things that you're doing. But I want to first just start with you giving our listeners just a good sense of who you are. Tell us about the woman behind the brand, uh, a little bit about your upbringing. How did it all get started for you? Uh, well, uh, thank you. First, for uh, giving me the opportunity to share a little bit about my story on the brown bag uh, I'm just still jamming to your intro, your song. It's I love it. I mean, that is my jam. <laughs> uh, I uh, grew up in uh, Washington, D.C., was born and raised, and was educated in D.C. as well. And coming up in the city gives a person the opportunity to um, explore quite a bit. You know, you've got the museum world, you've got access to every single library you can imagine. You have yeah. um, just a um, melting pot of cultures and peoples, and um, there's just everything at, at our fingertips. And when you have a uh, heart of exploration, then you get a chance to feast every day. And that's what I did. I you know, would always sample different things and um, always very inquisitive in spirit. And as a result... I learned how to take those questions that I had and archive them. And then later, as I matured, I learned that some of the information that I picked up at random, you know, became useful. And uh, the more I was able to find opportunities to use some of that random information or intelligence, the more random information and intelligence I wanted. And before you knew it, I um, had the what I considered a well-rounded um, base or knowledge base that I could begin to leverage and that uh, led me to communication and led me to want to know more about how to um, merchandise and productize things for other people. And um, because of all the ways that I was able to connect some of the information that I had gathered over the years, it just naturally progressed into... Um, being able to use a network of information, a network of people to collaborate and also bring exposure um, or create exposure for people that I um, have helped over the years. And so that's pretty much how that came about in terms of the, the person behind the brand. It's a, an inquisitive person. It's a person who asks a lot of questions. It's a person who doesn't really discount any particular knowledge regardless of where it's coming from. I kind of pocket it and always seek opportunities to use it. And um, I think even as a child I had those same traits and I still have them today. Yeah, I'm curious. What did you want to do as a child? Did you see yourself as a business owner? Uh, no. Uh, uh, I saw myself as a as a medical doctor, actually. Oh, 
yeah, I uh, thought I would do the whole pre-med thing, and um, I, you know, decided otherwise. And I'm glad I did. Yeah, I really yeah. am glad I did. It was, uh, I was going to be the first doctor in the family. And uh, <laughs> not only was I happy, but, you know, my family was happy too. But I um, decided that communication was um, a real natural uh, thing for me. It allowed me to really express myself on levels that I didn't know I'd be able to do in medicine. And so I'm glad that I chose my path and... Yeah, as a result, even all these years later, when I think about all the things that I've been able to do in communication, it's amazing because just uh, last month I supported uh, a cancer globathon, and that kind of put me in the medical community, and so I found it my, found myself um, supporting those in medicine, even though I didn't pursue medicine myself. And so I, I saw that as full circle. To me, that was um, more sentimental than anything. Now, looking back over your childhood, what were some moments, or maybe even into your young adulthood, what were some moments that challenged you or enlightened you that helped you discover your purpose? Hmm, That's a really good question. Uh, I think that it was really the probing by other people. You know, I asked a lot of questions. Yeah. And uh, people didn't always they didn't always provide me with the answer. They would more so kind of reposition it as a question to me. And, uh, you know, sometimes that would be frustrating. I'd want to find the answer. I'd want to know an answer. It's kind of, please don't give me a parable. Please don't give me, you know, don't ask me a question with a question. I'm asking you a question. Don't turn it around for me. And as a result, um, it just allowed my brain to explore answers to my questions. And so... um, you know, I don't know if I knew as a youth, you know, what my purpose was. I don't think I did. I just knew it had something to do with exploration and and going somewhere and doing something and reporting something and sharing information and sharing news. I just knew that it had something to do with fact-finding and, you know, it had something to do also with having a position on particular topics and being able to, you know, communicate about them. And that's as good as it, you know, would get for me. I just never understood as a youth how that translated into um, what I do today. You know, I I think that's important that you talk about asking questions and being curious. You know, sometimes when you're maybe dealing with a young person, um, maybe adults might tend to get annoyed with a lot of questions. But I think curiosity is one of those characteristics that we don't talk about enough. What do you think? Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think, you know, as a kid, and I was always afraid of being so inquisitive because, you know, the old cliche, curiosity killed the cat. (laughs) You know, I sometimes just leave well enough alone and just, you know, if there's not an answer, don't go digging. And, you know, there's a lot of superstition also and, you know, digging up old bones and things like that. And so um, people get nervous when you start asking questions. And uh, they think you're working for FBI or something. I don't know. And so I, um, you know, I would find ways to, you know, just like I said, answer, uh, seek opportunities to answer my own questions, Um, especially if I thought that um, asking too many questions would annoy people. 
Um, but, you know, it really was in my nature. I mean, I, I would continue to ask the questions because I wasn't getting an answer that I understood. And so I would want the person to take the time to explain to me the answer to something. And um, sometimes I know that my answers would sound foolish. You know, they would sound, you know, like, uh, why are you asking that question? That question is so silly, you know, and you've always heard there's no bad answer or there's no such thing as a, you know, dumb answer or dumb question right. or there's no bad question, et cetera. Um, but, you know, when you are inquisitive, even though a person may not say that verbatim, uh, their reply could somewhat, you know, leave you to think that your question wasn't very good. It wasn't very um, clear. Um, you didn't articulate that very well. And yeah. sometimes, you know, with my questions, because I was still thinking them through as I was asking them, um, they were really, really rough questions, you know, in terms of form and and um, in terms of uh, them being easy to understand and be able to provide a direct answer to. And so um, when you have that sort of situation, at least that's what I experienced um, as an inquisitive person, then I just found ways to put information into my brain without having to go through a person. So I'd go to books or I'd go to, um, um, you know, various lectures, like I'd look for stuff. This is as I got older, you know, I would look for stuff through um, video. I would look for stuff, you know, for stuff, any kind of conversation that was taking place about politics or um, law or religion or, you know, or um, culture, global affairs, current affairs, anything um, that appeared to be giving answers to something, I would take interest in that and I would use that as, you know, opportunities to learn yeah. And uh, before I knew it, like I said, I, you know, had this base, you know, and I was like, wow, look at all these answers in my head, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and uh, that, you know, really did it for me. And especially, you know, in the information age that we, we live in now, it's so important to remain curious. I believe you just helped somebody with that. Be curious. Ask good questions. Um, I, I think that's good. Questions. You know, ask any question. Like I said, I mean, yeah. it, we've been trained, like they say, there's no bad question or there's no right. dumb or stupid question. But um, sometimes a person's response to a question, especially of a child or a person who's just genuinely ignorant about a subject and they really want to know, the right. response to that question can be off-putting to the person and sort of shut them down yeah. and um, kind of um, create within that person. And we can't control people's emotions. But our replies to people, our response to people can redirect them in a way that, you know, didn't intend to if we are more cognizant of the way that we respond to innocent questions that people um, may ask. And I, and I am definitely a question asker. Yeah, it reminds me of that scripture, you know, um, that people perish or die for the lack of knowledge. And that mm-hmm. pursuit of knowledge, you know, willing to look under that rock, ask those tough questions. You know, sometimes yeah. we, we might look in the world of politics and, and see things that go on, and you say, well, how did that decision come out of that room? It's like, who was yeah. asking the questions? Why weren't the right questions being asked? So I, I, yeah. I'm so glad you talked about that. Tell us a little bit about Brand Builder. Um, how did it come about, and what are you trying to accomplish, or what are you accomplishing within the company? Well, Brand Builder, um, I was actually building Brand Builder over the course of maybe four years or so, um, slowly building it you know, and 
thinking about what it is that I liked about marketing and branding and communication and what you know was challenging to me and what I thought the average challenge was and is to um, small business owners, to people that are marketing professionals, to um, branding professionals and communication experts. And so I began to work around this um, model that I uh, created regarding how to sit down at a desk and begin the marketing process for the job that you just got or for a company or idea that you were about to launch. And I said, where would a person need to start? You know, and I wanted to make this easy for anybody, you know. And I said, well, how could a person, you know, just come into an organization as a marketing professional and know where to get started? How can I, as a brander who gets hired by business owners, nonprofits, et cetera, how can I go to a client and get started with a work plan immediately? What's the best way to do this? And that gave me the opportunity to create uh, the vision and mission map. And that process, and I created that process and then started testing it on different people in conversations. And uh, it was pretty rough in the beginning just testing it out because you've, um, you, Mike, have been through, and Mike Brown, and, and actually Mike Fordham is, as well, have been through the vision and mission mapping. And yes. uh, the questions can become uncomfortable not only for the person who's, you know, being asked the questions, but also for me, but, you know, <laughs> as I, you know, because I know that the person is irritated, you know, um, because I'm asking the same question over, but with different words and in different ways. Uh, and it's kind of similar to what I talked about regarding growing up and asking people the same question, you know, or the same questions and, yeah. and watching them, you know, become frustrated. And so I saw that in myself, even, even as an adult, I saw that same old girl asking those different questions to, you know, people who really did want to be able to communicate clearly about what they stood for, what their brand stood for, but needed to answer some other questions first regarding why and the origin of the passion that the person has and why is this important to the world and if your vision, you know, weren't completed in this world or realized in this world, would it make a difference? And helping people to understand the um, the impact that their vision has when it is realized or the impact that it would have on the world if it is not. Mm -hmm. And uh, that wasn't easy to get to. I, I, there was a lot of streamlining. There was a lot of, you know, questions in the beginning of the process that really didn't add to it. So there was some real fine-tuning that had to take place. And then I remember the last time I tried it on, uh, actually on someone I used to work for, and uh, when we were done with the process, he looked at me and he said, that's good. That's good, and and then I knew, I knew at that point that I was ready to begin um, testing it and continuing to modify it, but that I had a product that was sellable. Yeah. What have you and noticed? Mm -hmm. What have you I'm noticed sorry. with with the individuals that you've sat with, and what has it been like? Um, seeing brand builder grow and, and what have been some of the the challenges and some of the some of the blessings? Mm 
Well, first, it is such a blessing to hear someone and see someone realize their vision in word form for the first mm-hmm. time. Because every person that I that I work with, they, they know their vision. They can see it. It may be cloudy, um, but they can kind of see the end result. But being able to articulate it so that others can understand it uh, normally doesn't take place without a tremendous amount of uh, support. And so taking the person from just seeing what they see in their head to seeing it in a certain number of words and then for them to actually be able to read it and others be able to read it and understand it and tell them or affirm within them that they've got a great vision, it's amazing. It's 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 an um just euphoric, I think, uh every day uh to be able to feel that, to feel the a person graduate from um one level of, of unclarity or non clarity to a level of clarity and confidence and excitement is um it's just overwhelming in terms of feeling good. Yeah. Akia, talk to that person who might be teetering uh, a decision to launch out, maybe to start their own business. Or maybe it's not even, you know, professional. Maybe it's personal. Um, What would you say to that person uh, so that they can find, so that they can help find their own purpose, their own passion? What would you tell that person? I, I believe that we all are gifted and yeah. talented. You know, we have a certain number of gifts that we've been given. And there's nothing we have to do to perfect those things. They are already perfectly given to us. And then there are things that are talents that we pick up along the way and we can perfect those things. And I believe that each of those things are able to create revenue for us, income for us, when we understand them and know how to use them and not abuse them. And so if there is someone who's listening, I encourage you to think about those things that you naturally you move toward, those things that you move toward that give life to humankind, to mankind, and but explore them and explore the potential of you doing those things and thriving in them. And then ask yourself, is there something that you need to do in the area of talent to increase your effectiveness or to add value to it? Yeah. And don't be afraid to explore that. And when you are at a place where you feel that you have a gift or a talent within you that is ready to be used by people in the world who could benefit from it, that's when you know that there is an opportunity to brand yourself either personally or professionally. And so I work with 
companies to brand themselves, but I also work with individuals who have gifts and talents that they want to brand. And so you don't have to have a company to have a brand because you were born with a brand. You are a brand. We are all a brand. But what I'm Talk saying a little bit more about that when you say we're all a brand. Break yes, this, what unpack I'm, that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And what I'm saying is take it a step further when you're branding yourself to ensure that you're able to market that and to receive income and revenue for it so that you can continue pouring into that brand and make it better and better over time. So just practicing without compensation is definitely charitable. It's wonderful. It is a gift to many people. And I do pro bono work myself sometimes. But sometimes you have to really think about how can you position that that gift or talent that you have so that not only can you take care of yourself financially, but you can sew back into that gift or talent that you have, making it even better and increasing the value that you provide to others through that experience. That's good. That's good. Talk about the importance of vision and mission. I mean, how can you start out on a journey if you don't know where you're going or where you want to go? I mean, you you know, you have some folks say, "Well, I'm just going to drive," right. and I'm just I just got in the car and I just started driving, you know, or you know, life is you know just about living, you know. Uh, one piece of advice that I received. Early in my career was be open to you know be open to the to the tangents be open to the you know to the going off track because going off track might lead you to your answer uh, and those are all wonderful things to to think about but I think that we owe it to ourselves to sit down and think about why it is that we are here mm. and what what very special thing about us can we take, mold, perfect, and present? What is it that we were given, that I was given, that you were given? And it, there is something. There is something. Yeah. There's not a, oh, oh, I got skipped over. I don't have anything special. You know, or I don't know if I have it. We all have something. And so vision is about digging deep within and casting it out, casting out that thing that you see for yourself, that thing that you see for those around you, that thing that you see for the world. And we all have different visions and different perceptions of what would look like perfection. So vision is, here's what looks like perfect, and that's what I'm moving toward. Or here's right. what looks like better, here's what looks better, and that's what I'm moving toward. And even if we don't get to that place of perfection, or get, and, and most times we won't, because by the time we arrive at that place called perfection, it's already changed. Mm-hmm. But the, the point is to move in that direction and know that the impact that you create as you're moving in that direction helps someone else as they move toward their own direction to perfection as well. So vision is that mission is the fuel 
that you are running on as you're moving toward that place called perfection. So what do you, you know, put in your your soul, your spirit, and what are you putting out of your soul and your spirit as you're moving toward perfection? And so when we think about mission, mission is what connects with the heart. Mission is connecting with the community, connecting with the people, moving along in your journey with people and sometimes uh, alone, uh, sometimes uh, at the front of the group, sometimes in the middle, sometimes at the back, but still moving toward a place of perfection. Uh, Again, not being so worried about the outcome and saying, I'm never going to get there. That's not the point. The point is to move toward it and trust that you will be helpful to others and because others are moving toward theirs, they will also be helpful to you. Yeah, I, I, I believe you're moving from just helping people now to ministering to people and meeting people right where they are. And I think sometimes, Akia, it, it takes that person sometimes in your ear, that encourager, that positive voice to say, you know what, you can do it. You do have a purpose. You do have a passion. Now, question for you. You wrote a book called Seen and Sustained, and I read it, and it's powerful and it's impactful, and it does a good job of helping people clarify their mission and their vision. Where did the idea come from? What led you to write that? Great question. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I had the opportunity to sit and to work through this vision and mission mapping process. And I tried it on an old boss of mine who who sort of affirmed it and said, you know, I think you've got something there. And that gave me the boilerplate. Uh, that vision and mission mapping process was then something that I talked to um, my pastor about, uh, Dr. Leonard and Smith, and uh, he requested at that time that I create that same model um, for him to see and to mold with me to make it applicable for clergy members. And this would help them as leaders in the faith-based community articulate their vision and mission to their congregants, to the community that they wanted to partner with, to board members, to anybody who would take part in helping a faith-based institution become more effective in a community. And so that's um, where Seen and Sustained was birthed. Uh, After having uh, created that model, I then looked at the small business world, and I also looked at the nonprofit world outside of faith-based communities. And I said, I believe that the small business world needs this as well. And I know this because I'm an entrepreneur. (laughs) And so I thought about all the small business owners that I know, all the entrepreneurs that I know who want to get a grasp on on their marketing and branding, uh, but sometimes, you know, they feel as if they have to 
go into a very intense program to learn how to do it. And so I said, well, why don't I give them the tool that they need to get started? And uh, they can build their own community of supporters as they go along the process because as you learned when you were in the book, you do have an opportunity to bring alongside you people who will hear you as you move throughout the vision and mission mapping process, add to it, helping you understand where you can clarify it or where it's very strong, et cetera. And then you've got that audience of people who have been along your journey of vision and mission uh, articulation to give you the final applause when you're done uh, working through the book. So I began to think about who would be great partners with me to do a book for small business owners. I did not want to create it in a vacuum. I uh, did not want to create it for one industry, but I wanted to make sure that it would be relevant to the mom pop. I wanted to make sure it would be relevant to uh, the attorney who uh, has just launched a practice, to family doctor who is on his own practice, to uh, a restaurant you know, owner, chef. I wanted to make sure it would be applicable to a mechanic who owns a shop. Um, but I also wanted to make sure that it would be applicable to consultants, uh, to um, large uh, small businesses who may be in staffing, um, everything you can imagine. I wanted to make sure that if a small business owner or an entrepreneur sat down at a desk and said, I have a company or I'm thinking of starting a company, how do I tell the world? I wanted to make sure that they had a tool to at least get started. How can they get that book? Uh, it's They can order it on Amazon. It's on Amazon, Seen and Sustained. It's on Barnes & Noble. It's uh, You can also go on my website, MasterYourBrand.com, and uh, you'll see a community of visionaries who's on the website. You'll see uh, testimonials there, and you'll see that those testimonies or testimonials um, span um, a variety of industries, so it's not industry-specific. Um, it's just a, a tool to get started. And yeah, yeah. Um, I'm grateful that I was able to partner with three other small business owners and extraordinary women of vision, um, Molly Plain-Badith, who owns Molly Creative, uh, Tamika Bradshaw, who is a salon owner and just a lifelong entrepreneur, and Jane Lovis, who owns Lovis Consulting. And we came together um, to ensure that every type of small business owner would be able to identify with the um, the script and be able to make it relevant to themselves. Now, Kia, we want to talk about the Kia Garnett show in a few moments. But before we go there, I, I do want to ask you, um, you've had the opportunity to connect with some very influential leaders and captains of industries. What are some common characteristics that you've noticed to be universal um, that help propel these individuals towards success? And uh, help me with that question. Um, uh, what I would you say are right some, through all those leaders that you've met and entrepreneurs and captains of industries, you, you've sat with a lot of them. What qualities stand out uh, among them that you would say, you know, these are the qualities that, that help them become successful? Oh, yeah. I think 
the number one quality is the ability to focus. That is so key. Being able, and it doesn't mean that you're focused all day, every day, because I don't think anybody can do that for infinite periods of time. But when it comes to having a desire to create success, one of the key characteristics that I've seen is the ability to and make movement toward what I talked about earlier, which is that vision, even if that vision hasn't been articulated for others to understand in the mind of that person. They can see it, and they are focused, and they may be making a billion different decisions that aren't going to get them there in the timeline that they would feel is is, uh, appropriate or satisfactory, but at least they are moving on a journey that they believe is going in the direction that they that they see as um, a, a better place. Um, and, you know, this is a better place. Say, for instance, you know, it's, say, for instance, it's an accountant. A better place for that accountant might be um, the, making their life easier, you know, through the auditing process if they're an auditor. <laughs> Uh, So they begin to move in that direction by trying to clear away the clutter or whatever it is in their life is making it difficult for them to get it done. And eventually um, they strike upon goal with some sort of success. And so the people that I uh, work with, they don't have a challenge with striking upon goal once or twice for success their challenges when they decide that they want to um, they want to magnify that they want to do even more of it they want to mass produce it and the question is how can I do that and not uh, go broke or go crazy you know how can I yeah. how can I how can I create even more see I did this perfect thing you say I did this perfect thing I did this really really great thing and now I want to do more of it but I'm kind of stuck can you help me? So that's where, you know, that's the, I think that's the key characteristic. Is the ability, characteristic is the ability to, um, to key in, to zone in, to zoom in, to focus. That's good. The IKEA Garnett Show will be debuting soon. We're excited yes. about it. Tell Yay. us about, yes, yes, yes. Tell us about the heart of what you want to communicate with this platform? The heart of uh, the Akira Garnet Show is really helping people to take the various things that make up their existence and package it into one thing that represents them, that they feel happy about, that they feel is uh, something that explains them to themselves and also them to the world. And it's also something as I said earlier, that can be merchandised. It's something that can be um, and create another stream of uh, revenue or a total stream of revenue. And the reason why, you know, this is so important to me and the timing is so uh, so interesting right now is because of the recent shutdown and with the government. And, of course, you know, there are talks about what might happen in the future. Nobody knows. Uh, but I know that what I have received in terms of feedback and, and, and also confirmation for me uh, was uh, the many people who said, I know that I've got a talent or I've got a gift or uh, I can do something and I really want to launch it. 
because I don't want to be in a situation where I'm a one-trick pony. And, you know, if there is, you know, um, my um, lifestyle or livelihood is, is compromised because of, you know, the powers that be, how can I sustain myself and my family um, through that and weather that storm? And so I feel like the timing is very um, interesting um, and it's it's a good place to help people to dig deep within, to begin to uncover those talents and gifts that are within them. If they have already started marketing those things to help them do it better, for those who uh, have not started to help them understand how to get started and to connect people uh, with the resources that they need to or- in order to create success. So uh, that's what I see for the Akia Garnett Show. Uh, that is manifested in many different ways. It's manifested through me. It's manifested through um, bringing guests on to the show who would be able to highlight things um, that I might not be an expert in. Um, it is, you know, going to be a, a, a participative sort of platform where I'm not the only person who's providing the source and the food, but it's <laughs> it's a <laughs> variety of people who could help a person who um, might not get it directly from me, but they could get it from someone who's on the show. So I want to have an open platform where I've got other people who are joining me and helping me to help others. Yeah, and I, I that's one of the main reasons why I'm excited about it, is that it's going to give those onlookers, those who you know might not have the confidence to launch out, uh, by hearing your voice and hearing the, the voice of your guests, on the show, I, I believe it's going to provide just that support and that encouragement. I'm a firm believer, Akia. Um, one of the things that makes America great is that entrepreneurial spirit, those risk takers, those who are willing to say, you know, I'm going to bet on me. I'm going to bet on yeah. this idea. And, yeah. and and I think that the show is just going to, you know, embolden others to want to yeah. step out. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think, we owe it to ourselves, and I think it's our birthright. I don't think that any organization, government, public, private, I don't think any organization should stop a person from eating because they have shut down. Mm. Uh, I think that um, for any person who can only sit down and wait for the powers that be to move before they can um, put food on the table, does us as it's, it's humans um, a disservice, and we do ourselves a disservice. And so I think that we have to uh, take back um, the the, uh, the the power that uh, is already and was already um, accessible to us um, by not having a full stream of income that controls whether or not we can eat, turn our lights on, Sleep, yeah. feed our children, feed our. It, it, that's, it, it, I think that's the structure of the current economy, and I yeah. want to help balance it out. Some this isn't uh, moving completely in the direction of <laughs> entrepreneurship. Although I would enjoy a world where everybody were entrepreneurial. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I that's my you know fantasy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I, I think that there's a balance. I think there's a greater balance, and there's a greater balance with having people assume the autonomy in their lives to create more revenue and income for themselves, whereas it's not coming from 
some conglomerate or some corporation. Uh, it's coming from their own God-given gifts and talents, and they are the owner of those things. Nobody has to endorse those things. They are the owner of them. And so by taking ownership of those things and beginning to um, learning how to market them and position them, uh, to um, people who need the support that they offer, whatever it is that they could offer, whether or not it be hair or barbering or being a, uh, um, you know, a, a person who uh, landscapes or a landscaper, you know, or um, a right. dentist or, you know, anything. Um, uh, you know, there are some, some things that have to be, of course, learned in, through formal education, like medicine, there are so. If you have the gift of healing, and you have to go to medical school to get degreed and certified in order to practice, then that's what you have to do. And right. if you find yourself working for, uh, you know, an HMO or some huge company, uh, and they for some reason have a problem, you know, but you're still healed. You're still healer. You're still gifted with that. And so, what do you do? You you should have a private practice. And yes, there are challenges that come along with having a private practice. So, how do you do that? You know, giving people the autonomy to to take back their own ability to generate income for themselves, and this is not about selling something for someone else. This is about selling something for self. This mm-hmm. is about marketing your own gifts and talents, and understanding that because we all have some, we all are gifted with something that there is an ability to weather any kind of economic or market storm when we have some balance financially. And and I say this at such a critical time because it just even, you know, um, a few days ago I saw someone who I certainly um, follow, and, and he's a blogger for Forbes, et cetera, and this person said, you know, and who knows if this person is right, you know, he said um, regarding the economy, the worst is yet to come, that we haven't seen it. And so if the shutdown, you know, was difficult, imagine if there's something more difficult to come. How do we prepare ourselves individually for that? And if God has given us gifts and talents, is it not our responsibility to learn them, to understand them, to hone in on them, and then to create something that we can sell on our own based on our own gifts and talents that can help us maintain any storm. I'm so glad to hear you talk about this spiritual perspective because oftentimes for many people, um, that's the elephant in the room that's not being addressed. And I, and I say that unapologetically. I read a scripture this morning in, in Romans that said, uh, not slothful in business fervent mm-hmm. in spirit, serving the Lord. So when you talk about mission and vision, you know, in many ways these are, these are spiritual principles. Um, now, and, you, and I'm glad you pointed out earlier, for not, ev- not everyone isn't going to be for profit. You know, we all have gifts, talents, and abilities, but the scripture talks about, you know, in business, whatever your business is. Your business yes. might be to, you know, uh, be an encourager or to, yes. uh, to help someone else in their vision. Talk to me. How has spirituality played a part in your life? Oh, it's you know, it's very important. I mean, there's religion, of course, as you know, um, uh, as a deacon. Um, <laughs> I shout out to all the deacons out there. <laughs> uh, and then there's, you know, and then there's, um, so there's there's religion and there's spirituality. And and I grew up in um, Washington D.C., so of course, you know, there are 
burn a lot of churches everywhere. I found myself in one, and I grew up understanding um, the Word of God. My family, my I, I have a beautiful, beautiful aunt um, who introduced us to uh, Christ very early, and um, it, it, just over the years, the seed just continued to um, to be watered, and so religiously, you know, there's that aspect. And then spiritually, um, the things that I'm talking to you about today um, took time to get to a place where I could actually articulate it and not be intimidated by the impact that it would create. And so I know that some of the principles and the things that I talk about um, frighten people because um, there are people who don't like the concept of being in business for themselves. And they think, you know, it's too much trouble or, you know, it's too inconsistent or, you know, it's just um, it's just too many liabilities. I'm not talking about launching a corporation. I'm talking about um, from based upon spirituality that I believe uh, I'm talking about simple principles of loving self, loving mm-hmm. all of self, presenting all of self in whichever ways uh, make sense at a given time and allowing self to be compensated for that gifting. And so um, if you um, are a person who can braid hair, braid that hair, you know, and, 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 and perfect it. Uh, if, if you're a person who can you know, fix cabinets for people, fix a thousand cabinets. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean that you have to quit your job. Uh, right, <laughs> you right. know, see, uh, if you can, you know, if you're a seamstress and you've got a talent for sewing, you you don't have to go to the Fashion Institute, you know. Uh, right. You can, you know, you can hem all the dresses of all the people in your family and charge them five bucks a, a, a piece. You mm-hmm. know, so they're, they're, this, what I'm talking about is, recognizing that our ability to do something good for others is worth something. And uh, it's not all about charging people for every dime, every time, you know, every, every minute or every second or every hour spent with them. But what it is is recognizing when there is an opportunity to help yourself and your family. And so that's, um, I think that's very spiritual. And I think that, um, when a person is in receipt of the blessings that we give to one another, I think that um, there is the desire in their heart to help that person, and, and the way that we help that person is by um, compensating them where and when we can. And so, um, you know, I think they had it right um, when there was a, a time of bartering. You know, you would, um, you know, you had something and someone else had something. And you wanted that person's thing and that person wanted your thing. And you exchanged. Yeah. And they they got that. You know, it wasn't all about, you know, just give me, give me, give me. You know, or you're not going to sit out there and, you know, I'm doing braids and you're going to come over and and want a free hairdo. And and, uh, no, they came and if they had a shirt, they gave you the shirt and you braided their hair. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had a fish and you had, you know, a loaf of bread, you switched. There you go. Using those uh, gifts everybody walked away with something. Yes. 
and that's all I'm talking about is is um, coming to bringing your wares, bringing your your gifts, your talents to the table, and walking away with something as well, something that will that will help sustain your family. And you know, it's interesting you mentioned that. Some people say, well, you know, I couldn't see myself doing that, and I say, why not you? And what other lifetime are you going to do it in? Mm-hmm. You know. I think that time matters, and we've got to move out on the gifts and talents that we have. Um, Let's play a real quick game of word association before we wrap up here. I want to give you a word, and you just tell me a little bit of what it means to you. Sounds good? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Authenticity. Real. Genuine. Fearless. Collaboration. Team. Humility. That's good. Integrity. Straightforward. Upright. Honest. Decent. Hmm. Service. Mankind. Truth. Transparency. Clear. That's good. Kia, tell us a little bit about your humanitarian pursuits or some volunteer efforts that you're passionate about. I wanted to allow you a few moments to talk about that. Oh, thank you. Uh, I um, am first uh, a member of um, Mount Zion Baptist Church in Arlington. And Big shout-out. Yes, shout-out <laughs> uh, <laughs> to Mount Zion. Um, and so that's one place where I worship and, and praise God um, alongside my brothers and sisters in Christ and always seek opportunities to um, be of support in any kind of way that I can with all the things that God has given me. Um, I am also a board member for uh, Devotion to Children, which is a nonprofit organization that provides financial scholarships to low-income families who need quality education um, in the form of daycare from children zero to six years old. And uh, there's quite a bit of work that happens for that organization because there are so many families that are in need. And so uh, this coming Tuesday we're having our 12th annual Red Heart and Full uh, Black Tie Gala, and uh, we will be talking about the um, awards that have been given out this year um, to nonprofit organizations that we partner with who provide quality education uh, to children in um, Fairfax County. Uh, I've also had the privilege of serving on the board for some services, and that's an international adoption agency. And I've supported their mission over the years to help every child find the forever family. So they support uh, orphans across the world and seek opportunities to connect them with Christian families. And so they are a nonprofit organization that I support. And I'm also um, working with the Pathways organization, and that's a school in Prince George's County, and uh, they provide um, support to 
children um, who are learning in somewhat of a um, structured environment. And so um, I have created an entrepreneurship program specifically for the Pathways School alongside Molly Pointebees and Jane Lovitz. And um, they have added um, so, so much value to my life and the children's lives based on the program that the three of us created. And we delivered that program to a young ladies last year and were invited to deliver that same curriculum to the youth, um, the young ladies this year. And so I get to spend awesome. uh, Tuesdays with these young ladies, helping them understand how to take their own gifts and talents and understand and recognize their worth. And there are several other organizations that I support um, and continue to sow time and seed in to help them uh, accomplish their own their own vision. Yeah. Well, I'm, I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, Mike, a uh, lot going on here. I think it's been quite a show. I definitely wanted to bring you in. Yeah, yeah, we only have a few minutes left, but I just wanted to say, man, have you ever met or worked with someone, and after the, you finished the process with them, you said to yourself, man, I wish I could do that. And, and that's mm. what it was like working with Akia. And I just wanted to put that out there because she had an expertise that was above and beyond my, you know, what I thought this whole yeah. process would be like and pull things out of me that I really went home after each session and I really had to rethink everything I said and the, the, you know, the process and the pathway that I thought I was on and what I really wanted out of my particular um, business or idea and concept. So, you know, I just wanted to give Akia kudos for that. Um, I, I just think you're, you're extremely talented at what you do as well as your interactions with people. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. And it is so funny for both of you, both Mike's on the line. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny because I remember the specific moment, and there's always a moment in every conversation on vision mapping that I have with every entrepreneur or visionary, and there's that moment when they don't think I understand what they're saying, and I have to confirm or clarify that I do and to tell them that it's bigger than that, that that they can be bigger than that, that they can go farther than that, that there's more to it, uh, that they're not finished yet, that their 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 statement is incomplete. And I remember the moment uh, when Molly and I met with uh, Mike Fordham because we helped Mike Fordham through his <laughs> And we looked eye to eye, and Mike, you were saying, uh, no, I, no, and I'm saying, I, no, I hear you, I understand, and it's still not finished. <laughs> I know you remember that moment. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. He's and, definitely and an funny. envelope push, Mike. You know, no doubt and, about and, it. And, and, and it's the same thing for you, Mike Brown. I'm going to put you on the spot, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mike, Brown, Mike Brown and I, we were stuck on, you know, two words in his vision uh, statement. And I said, no, it's not a vision statement yet. It's not a vision statement. It's not. It's procrastination. And he goes, um, no, uh, we, we, we just, you know, we were going to agree to disagree. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna disagree. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kia, we do thank you for being on. It's been quite an hour. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, and I do have some closing thoughts. Never allow your talent to take you to a place that your character won't sustain you. As you seek to grow closer to God and develop your character, you can't help but become more productive and successful. As you climb up that ladder of success that you're building, 
Remember, you're building the muscles that you need in order to reach your goal. Remember, someone is counting on you to be great. Until next time, friends, love God, love people, and live on purpose. Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.